Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. And I'm Helena. And for this episode, we watched Kung Fu Hustle. Fuck yes, let's go. I didn't know this was a comedy. Yeah, I sort of did because I remember watching this once, like, must have been 10, 11 years ago. Uh, with my friend Jordan, and all I remember is, like, the scene with the giant handprint at the end. Mm-hmm. So this was Michael's movie choice. <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen it, so go ahead, Michael. What? what why Why this film? So why is it special? I, I watched this, I was, so as a kid, and as, like, a young teenager, and a teenager, and still, I loved and love, like, dramatic, big Hong Kong Chinese action martial arts movies. I've always loved them. I love everything from like Jackie Chan to like House of Flying Daggers to Crouch Tug Hidden Dragon to Hero. I love all that shit. Always have. This being like a comedy, <laughs> like a slightly slapsticky comedy. I yeah, it's love... almost a spoof, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like. I love. I wouldn't call it a spoof, wouldn't you? Because it's no, because it's like it takes itself very seriously. Like it's a it's does, a martial does arts movie. It? It's a martial arts movie that's a comedy. I don't think it's okay. a spoof of martial arts movies. Oh, okay. Um, it's not Kung Pao, which we'll watch at some oh, point. True. Yeah, oh, true. Oh, I, I don't like that film. Tough. But <laughs> I, yeah, so I watched this film. This is a film I had a DVD of because I think we rented it from like a video store, not a blockbuster, like a small video store down the road. We rented it from there and I loved it. And I think we kept renting it until my parents just bought it. Nice. <laughs> the um, smart move. Yeah, I think they may have offered the people at the store being like, can we just buy a copy of it? Because yeah, I, I love love this film. And when I was a kid, I watched it with... Well, not a kid. Um, when I watched this film, yeah, when I was like 10 or 11-ish, I watched it dubbed. Yeah. Because not good enough at reading to keep up with Cantonese. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, at that age, you're more interested in the in the action and being able to enjoy the film than like, oh, do the words line up with their mouth movements? Yeah. I also thought that the film was just dubbed and that was part of the comedy because it is dubbed with like it is very well dubbed in that the the dubbing is funny like it, it's yeah they use the same bit... sort of voice style that I yeah that they're using in yeah. the original language I did actually wonder whether I should watch it dubbed or subbed but then um I had that question answered for me by Netflix yeah, only having English it dubbed dub. into languages I don't speak yeah it's weird that it doesn't have the English dub because I know that exists I was the part of me was like there must have been an English dub like they wouldn't have released it otherwise yeah no there absolutely um, was but yeah it's just not on Netflix like I could have watched it in Portuguese Yep. Could have watched it in Spanish. Could have watched it in Polish. Couldn't watch it in English. Yeah, I just I just watched it with subtitles, but that meant yeah. it was kind of difficult to make notes. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I actually did find it. I did have to be engaged. Like you can't when it is subtitles, you can't really tune out without obviously risking missing quite a lot because I don't know important buzzwords yeah. for paying attention in Cantonese. My <laughs> yeah. Cantonese is super rusty. See, I, I watched it so much as a kid with dubs that I genuinely hmm. just knew what was happening. Uh, without reading the subtitles, because <laughs> it's it's like it's imprinted in my brain. This film. Yeah, I mean, I can I I can watch like a lot of films now in in foreign languages because I've seen them so many times that I know what's going to happen. Yeah, like yeah. like Spirited Away is a good one. Like I've seen that film so many times in both English language dubs and Japanese. So if we we think back to a film we've done before, we talked about. If you think back to Bulletproof Monk when we talked about that. This this kind of film is why I'm annoyed about Bulletproof Monk. 
because this okay. is so this is a wuxia film like it's heavily wuxia inspired which is the big i was wondering how you pronounce that because in my head wuxia but i'm yeah, glad you said that out loud i'm pretty sure again this film is a um hong kong chinese film we're gonna pronounce all the names wrong we're sorry in advance i'm trying my best to pronounce them properly i have gtse mandarin yeah so i i don't have an excuse well it's been a while but, but still wuxia is like uh like yeah. giant fantasy martial arts yeah. so house of flying daggers crouching tiger that kind of thing lots of wire work kind of stuff yeah yeah a lot of rock wire work which is so difficult to do this is what a good one this is what they're meant to this is kind of what they're meant to come out like yeah uh, like all the martial arts in this is incredible like it's a oh, comedy yeah. no it was considering like how obviously how funny it is they really yeah. didn't skimp on the fight scenes. Like some, I know that that is like this. My my one like sort of minor criticism is that as someone who's not particularly into martial arts, like sometimes they dragged, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, you're all real real good at punching. <laughs> yeah. Get the get the idea. <laughs> so a couple of reasons why the martial arts films, the martial arts in this film is are good, and they're like solid is because so it was martial arts supervisor was uh, a guy called uh, Yuan Wu Ping. He did every major like martial arts film he did the matrix he did hero he did crouching tiger hidden dragon he was the martial arts guy for all of them oh wow that's a pretty solid um yeah tv isn't it all of the big kind of western famous wuxia films he did so they look good because of him and he sort of supervised the choreography the reason he supervised and didn't like have a more like certain role is every actor in it that does martial arts is a expert of that field of martial arts. Yeah, uh, I I remember reading reading about a little bit about how isn't it kind of the same way like you know the movie Red retired extremely dangerous hmm. rather like that's all like you know like action thr- uh, thriller actors reprising mm-hmm. their roles basically. Yeah, and doing a, an action film even though they're all quite old. Yeah. This is the same sort of vein of they're all martial arts films stars, yeah. but they're all retired, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So they're all, yeah. So I got that kind of vibe. And I actually, I love Red. So oh, I was very, very much on board with film. this concept. Um, but yeah, you, the guy who played the husband, the landlord, mm-hmm. he was a Bruce Lee, one of Bruce Lee's stuntmen. Oh, wow. Nice. As a stuntman for Bruce Lee. Uh, the landlady was in the same school as Jackie Chan, and she's done a ton of stuff uh the v- main villain not the like super strong martial arts guy the axe guy yeah he's played bruce lee in a lot of films they're all like genuinely great martial artists in their own right uh, and i think that really shows because the martial arts is solid it is really good yeah it's not cringy it's not you know watching people where they're clearly actors who have been like you know you, you can always tell when it's like a stunt double yeah and suddenly like you know the shots of them with their face in is really clunky or there just isn't any martial arts yeah, I I think that's why wire work is so difficult is because the the actors need to know how to do it. And it also meant that in this film, the editing isn't super fast because they don't have to cover up the actors not knowing how to fight. Uh, it's yeah, the, so... fi- the fight scenes are like really long and well done. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's lots of actual action going on. But they're also very funny. Yes, yeah, like they are just... so silly. And I, I was all for that. I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah. Another one, one of the actors I really want to point out because it's, I feel like his name is important. Uh, Bruce Leung, who plays the scary martial arts villain guy, the frog guy. Oh, oh uh, okay, yeah. Oh, one. yep, the beast. The psycho. Mr. Beast, yeah. The, the, the psycho. Yeah. He is known as the third dragon in uh, Hong Kong cinema behind Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. Oh, oh nice. wow. <laughs> He's like, big name, retired in the 80s and came back to do this. Nice. 
It's, so uh, yeah, I guess we were sort of missing out on that cultural component of like the same way that I really loved watching like Helen Mirren and Bruce Willis kick ass. Yeah, it's got a similar vibe. Yeah, so these uh, are these are like like household names. Yeah, and it also means that yeah, you can go into this not worrying about the fighting being any good because they're all fucking great. Especially the woman who played and UNQ is how her name is pronounced. Who played the landlady? She had to gain uh, a load a lot of weight to do the part. Hmm. Yeah, the one weird thing is how they kept calling her fat, and I'm like, she really isn't, though. <laughs> she she's kind of is Asian fat, which yeah. sounds bad, but especially in early 2000s, where everyone was, we're just coming out of heroin chic in, like, the UK, us, like, yeah. ourselves. Like, everyone was stick thin that was famous at the time. Or she, fat, and it was, a, like, you know, they're so fat that it's it's basically their personality. Yeah. She's so fun. She got the part not because she was good at martial arts, but she is. She got the part because she had a cigarette in her mouth and looked pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> that was why they hired her. Which and is basically I, her yeah. character. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. She has a decent arc, actually. She does. Like, like the, the landlord and landlady start off, and I thought they were going to be pretty straightforward character tropes of like, oh, yeah, pissed off landlord. And maybe they get their comeuppance. I was not expecting them to go full circle yeah. and like know, essentially yeah. save... That's, the whole region yeah. from the Axe Gang. Yeah. The weird thing in this movie is that you can't tell who the main character or next antagonist is going to be because it just keeps building yeah. into more and more ridiculous it's, shit. Like, the three good. people that first defend um, Pigsty Alley or whatever it was called, there's, like, the guy with all the hoops from, the, from like, the yes. curtain rails. Hand hoop tailor guy. Uh, uh, big stick. Big stick man. Uh, and um, third man. Baker, Baker man, yeah. There's the baker, there was the, the tailor, the baker, and the worker. Yeah. yeah. The labourer. Uh, which, by the way, they're all three trained martial arts in the field that they show in the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, including like, even they, the... like, sort of get killed off, like, partway yeah, through as well. Like... Early. The labourer guy is, like, a legitimate Shaolin monk. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. The casting of this film is insane mm. the more you look into it. But, yeah, they get killed off, really. So the, the story of this, because I do like the story is a guy who wants to be in a like pretty awful gang called the axe gang yeah i was uh, at the start i was like why are they called the axe gang and then i find out very quickly they use a lot of axes they, yep. yeah, they pretty primarily use axes they all smell like africa yeah <laughs> he would so say he wants to be part of the axe gang and to do so he needs to be like mean to people he needs to do something like evil and him and his friend who yeah, there's like sort of initiation rites in a way. Isn't yeah, because they, yeah. they pretend to be part of the Axe Gang to try and get free shit out of Pigsty Alley and then the actual real Axe Gang come in. Yeah, which like, Oi. leads up to a great scene. I feel like you know, oh, that scene where... So it's him and his friend. His friend's getting a haircut in Pigsty Alley and they, he has axes painted on his body. Yeah. Uh, it's falls... like supposed to look like a tattoo. Yeah, but his friend, the guy getting a haircut, falls asleep mid-intimidation. Yeah. Or, or like just before that where he's like why did you make him look so good he's supposed to be part of the axe gang he doesn't look scary anymore you've made him yeah. look too good <laughs> yeah uh, and then he insults the hairdresser who doesn't give a shit it's yeah, great. The, the, yeah he was like not intimidated at, not all. at all um and then he uh, oh he starts he, threatening to fight yeah. people and everyone like, that the, comes the, forward is just like ridiculously tall or like really muscly. No, 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 no,
Yeah. The I liked the um you there with the glasses and then he moves forward and he's really muscly and he's like, Okay, yeah. never mind, and then picks a kid and the kid's also <laughs> kid just ripped. <laughs> yeah, the kid is properly built. It was so funny. Uh, yeah. so many so, jokes in this just really got me. <laughs> so to to threaten them, he throws a like a firecracker to call the axe gang. Yeah, because they're and sort they're... of known for that, isn't it? That's their like call to arms. Hmm. Yeah. And then there's the axe gang comes some members of the axe gang come around the corner but one of them's got like an exploded hat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, who did this? He's, oh, <laughs> he's brilliant. That minor the minor axe gang leader. Yeah. Is that so we get they get beat up just to jump ahead like they they the the axe gang try to basically take down the the guys but the the nice guys, the tailor, the baker and the other one yeah. intervene and break his back. Yeah, they put him in a somehow. They get him into a, they kick him into a bin, and he's just like proper V shape in there, which mm-hmm. is is funny in itself, especially when they try and get him out, and he's like, "No, my back is broken." I was like, oh, "Okay, that's a great line. We'll leave it there." But no, they go back to it, and he's like foaming at the mouth and convulsing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so good. Yeah, they call it like the bigger axe gang, and yeah, oh, it's just funny. And there's genuinely a tense yeah. scene where they like pour like petrol on a family. Yeah, yeah, there's like a genuine tension in it. Because, yeah, they all get beaten up. And then, the yeah, the guy that's pretending to be part of the Axe Gang is like, I want in. And so the actual Axe Gang leader is like, well, if you kill someone, you can get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kill the old yeah. the old child. Because during the, the fight at Pigs, the first fight at Pig's Alley, the uh, landlady's shouting at them the entire time. Yep, because <laughs> she <laughs> has magic shouting voice powers. Well, no, she's just shouting. At that yeah. point, she's just yelling at yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cause damage. I love that character so much. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's great. She's my favorite character. Yeah, because as soon as like the first time there's trouble, she runs away in the first bit. Mm. <laughs> With, and like... that makes sense later on when you find out about her because yeah. they they've been trying to keep their heads down. Yeah, yeah. and it's like cartoony running as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah the cartoon running. running, the chase scene. Oh uh, my god, that saying, get... that was, scene was so stupid. Sorry. Be- before we get to the chase scene, we get to the funniest scene in the film, which is the knife the scene. The knife scene fucking killed me. <laughs> the, I feel like this film shaped my comedy. Yeah, uh, no, it's the, it like, the practical comedy, like for real. That is like true slapstick. It was great. Uh, like incredible. I actually laughed out loud at that scene. Like mm. normally when you're watching a film and so it's funny, you just like, but I was like genuinely laughing at that. Like the line, "Who's throwing? Who throws handles?" It's yeah. stuck in my brain. Yeah, because he throws like handles. He throws he's the like, first oh. knife. It bounces off the, <laughs> off the roof, off the wall, then lands in his arm, and he's like, "Ah!" Then they gets he gets the friend too, and that one bounces off as well. And then yeah. as he goes to throw the third one, on the shoulder. he stabs him in the other arm and then throws just the handle. <laughs> and then drops a lid of snakes on him. And then there's like a roadrunnery chase scene. <laughs> oh, it's it's what The roadrunner like... chase, yeah. The, the chase scene is pretty... It's so bizarre. Pretty special. It makes no sense. No. And uh, it's just not called back to like at all. Like the like this the sort of the obviously the film is a comedy, but it, it has these really, I guess, kind of abstract cartoon bits in it and like some mm-hmm. of the fight scenes are super cartoony as well. Yeah. Um and like animated. And you can tell that that's what they're going for. And which is which is fine, but it's just it's it's a bit jarring. it's not jarring, but it's it's like, wow, where did that come from and then it's just like not referenced like the fact that these people can sort of run at super speed and so after that the main axe gang guy hires these assassins who are instrument they play an instrument i don't blind assassins that play they play a and that's the one thing that this film gets a lot of credit for actually as well i was reading in that that the use of like traditional music Mm. in the film is like really well respected because it features quite strongly 
the music throughout it, like the the axe gang theme is great mm. yeah that like really heavy percussion thing, that's great i'll listen to that just in my free time but yeah they they hire these assassins who play a like traditional instrument and they're shown in the street carrying it on their back and it's like really long and they keep getting stuck on stuff yep <laughs> um, yeah but yes yeah, so, so yeah they the at night they go to the pigsty pigsty alley uh, and kill two of the three martial yeah, arts people yeah. when they play the music on it it like essentially fires like invisible blades and stuff and yeah. then it gets to a point where you can see the blades and then the landlady comes down to fight them and they yeah. essentially send like a massive army of ghosts Oof. after her you, you <laughs> missed out the best bit which is the bit where you see the cat's shadow get cut in oh the yeah <laughs> yeah it's like really weird and subtle to begin with that they're throwing like blades out yeah yeah, um, and I thought it was more like like just a, a thin sort of I don't know like air or something rather than it being like a a blade like yeah. a knife. I thought it was like you know that was that film where it's a, on a ship and like a wire ghost goes ship. through it and every ghost ship and everyone gets cut in half. That one. I watched that in school for some reason. Um, huh. Titanic. Uh, but yeah, that that fight scene in Pigsty Alley between the musicians and the people, solid fight scene. Yeah. Genuinely, the choreography is brilliant. But the best part is the uh, the landlady yelling at them to keep it down. Yeah, and like, who's gonna fix the damage? And the landlord's <laughs> like, no, no, ignore her, ignore her. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then the best part is, is like the gang leader that sat in a car screams at her to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and throws an axe at her, and she catches it. And it's <laughs> such a good moment where she's just like, no, how dare you come into my neighborhood? Because <laughs> she just plugs it out of the air. It's so funny. Yeah, so two. Two or three? I think all three of them die because it's from this point that the landlord and landlady sort of take over as the protagonists. Yeah. Um, and then because the... they, yeah, they. Yeah, he, he dies a bit later, doesn't he? The, yeah. the, the mm. punches guy. Because he gets punched to, to almost death and then he dies a little while later. Yeah. So the landlord has the. They all have like mystical martial arts abilities. The landlord has a rubber body, apparently. He can like deflect hits hmm. and float, <laughs> and then you find out that the the landlady has the ability to scream real loud. Yeah, like yeah. He's got the lion's yeah. roar. <laughs> the lion's roar, which is another thing I really like about this film, is whenever anyone does anything martial artsy, someone else goes, "Oh my god, it's the thing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the martial arts style, which I like would be annoying. But it's done really well. Yeah, they're always like sort of shocked that they're like, I thought that was just a legend, or, <laughs> yeah. or he must be the the one, or it's the dot dot dot. Yeah, but oh man, it's when she's when the way they set up her screaming is great because she brings in she like inhales, but inhales a full cigarette as well. Yeah, yeah, which is like the only time she screams is when she's smoking, which is a full cigarette. And then after a while, they start doing weird like body morph things where like her chest expands massively and everything else shrinks. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh yeah, that was that was funny. Mm. It was okay. weird, but it was it was a good good bit. Yeah, you learn her scream can tear clothes off of people. Yeah, <laughs> so many of these fights end with t t clothes being torn off of people, um, which are oh, it's so good. I really wasn't expecting them all to be Kung Fu legends. Mm -hmm. So I was genuinely surprised like each time. Well, you, you didn't think this was a comedy. Yeah, I sort of assumed from the name that Kung Fu Hustle was going to be some sort of like Kung Fu heist movie. Oh, that's because awesome. I associate the word oh, hustle with... Hustle, oh, I mean, like we, we're, about, we're about to get to the heist section of the movie where they break into oh, the mental asylum, yeah, which has out, Boy yeah. Scouts as the guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good the dialogue in this film is great because it's just slightly off 
Uh, but yeah, they they break into an asylum to get out the world's greatest martial arts. Yeah, after basically they they kill. Do they do they kill those assassins or do they just get them to run away? I think they just crawl away. Yeah, they crawl away. So, shouted at again. Yeah. Um, uh, so those one. those two those two assassins that are supposed to be sort of the second best in the world. Yeah, they're they're not going to do it anymore. No, they can. So they have to. The Gang leader is like determined to obviously take down these two pigsty alley people. Yeah. The landlady, the landlord, and lady. Um, yeah. So, so he has to get the best killer in the world, the number one killer, the beast who is being held up in an asylum. Yeah. Oh, and meanwhile, the guy who is trying to get into the um, Axe Gang has run into a girl that he saved from being bullied when he was a kid, and she's a mute, and she saved a lollipop for some reason. Yes. It's such a weird <laughs> off story, but it's also great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really I mean, weird. what is weird about that is that he like these. He basically stops them from picking on her by having them pick on him instead, and they mm. piss on him. Yeah, yeah they do. Like, <laughs> it's 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 sort of goes from like, oh, this is this is nasty yeah. bullying. Oh, they're kicking him, and I'm like, oh, that's not yeah. really nice. But that is sort of character building yeah. for this character. Oh, and they piss on like... him because he's reading this really cheap uh, manual Martial for the Buddhist. Yeah, he gets conned essentially by yeah. a. Um, <laughs> By an old, uh, not an old person, a homeless, yeah. who says, "Oh well, I'll, I'll sell you this comic for ten dollars." So not comic, uh, this this instruction manual to on how to be a palm and how to Buddhist, Buddhist palm. palm, yeah, Buddhist palm. And he's like, "And I'll sell it to you for cheap, cheap ten dollars." And it's like the twenty cent guide to yeah. kung fu. <laughs> yeah, but so this like is important because of... this will come back later. <laughs> yeah, it was getting like the getting pissed on bit was so strange. Yeah. But it... yeah kind of fit uh it was kind of like okay i guess yeah a he, lot of he meets that girl again when he's an adult and she's still got the lolly but yeah he doesn't quite sweet. remember and he like smashes it and stuff he yeah. tries to rob her yeah because he just, well he successfully robs say, her one yeah. time without realizing who it is and yeah. then goes to rob her again because she can't but, say instead of I'm just that stealing girl, ice cream because she's mute. she <laughs> yeah he takes the ice cream the first time and then the second time they try and get the money and yeah. she kind of just lets them and he doesn't really understand why but she can't say anything and then he works out later and feels you know bad yeah yeah, yeah, they get the beast out of the with a reference to so the, the fact that he yeah, robs, the fact shine. that he robs yeah. this this girl is like mean enough for him to be accepted into the axe gang, yeah. or they've just realised they need his really good lock picking skills. Yeah, they need his lock picking skills because yeah, he's yeah. the one that then breaks the beast out, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he breaks. There's like a shining reference. Yeah, that was yeah. Un- unexpected. That was, really that was <laughs> not a subtle shining reference either. It's literally pile like blood rolling down the corridor. That whole scene, the whole breaking out scene is re- genuinely quite tense. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the film's relatively light-hearted, that whole scene is pretty, like, put me on edge. As, like, yeah, put me on until edge he gets to actually open the door, like, he he picks the lock, and we're right back in comedy zone. Yep, because yeah. he's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> he's just an old man mm. dressed in nothing. In real gross sandals. Yeah. Yeah, with a really subtle, well unsubtle subtle thing with a load of toads around him oh um oh because there were a load of them on the on the corridor up to him yeah yeah uh, which is like a subtle nod to his mm. style of martial arts i guess yeah yep and his baggy throat <laughs> we'll get to the cursed image of this <laughs> get to that cursed cursed image um but yeah the the axe gang doesn't believe how good of an assassin he is until he goes to shoot himself in the head and catches the bullet yeah, yeah. i mean that's a baller <laughs> move isn't it like yeah uh, and then you have like another crazy good fight scene in a casino between hmm. the the landlord landlady and landlady and yeah beast. this was the this is the scene that i felt went on for too long because i yeah it, it was funny but it was kind of the same jokes over and over after a while yeah i think i just like because i like the martial arts stuff yeah 
the setup of her screaming and him not being bothered by it. Mm. Yeah. Until she scary. like breaks a bell off and uses that to like echo as a yeah, speaker. Yeah, it's not just any bell. It's like a, a, a Buddhist a... funeral bell. Mm. Yeah, which is great. And which they use they, it as a megaphone. They bought it, didn't they? Like the couple bought it with them. Yeah. Yeah, I think which so. means that they were probably planning to do that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was their plan was to scream at him from through that. Which, yeah, they, they're losing the fight. So they break the bell, the top of the bell off, and shout down it as like a megaphone. At which point the beast, they tr- go to do it again from like super close. And part of me would have loved to have seen what would happen. Yeah, because when she does it, like all of the buildings like falling apart yeah. and tearing. <laughs> yeah, she destroys the building. There's but... a lot of collateral damage in these oh, films. Martial but it's... Yeah. No, it's part of the part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah. We're not at You've the biggest bit of collateral damage yet. <laughs> no, yeah, he hurts them, stabs them both. So he uh, tricks them. He says he's going to surrender, but then he doesn't, which I think is a filthy move and just shows he, you that he is rotten. Yeah, it kind of implies that that's how he kills people all the time. Yeah. Because he never actually wins a fight without that in this film, which is... Hmm. Hmm. See, before or after that, the, the guy that was evil that was trying to get in, he gets beaten up but becomes a good guy. No, so that's like, so they get the couple get in martial arts twister. They yep. get in yep. kung fu twister. Oh, and uh, he rescues them, doesn't he? Yeah, because yeah. they're like, hit him over the head, hit him over the head. Uh, and he hits Beast over the head, and the Beast is like, just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, uh, uh, but he beats which... the shit out of him so much that it clears his chi potential. Yeah. <laughs> well, during, during like the face punching, because he's just punching his face into the ground, he grabs a tiny bit of wood and just dinks him with it. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, he beats the shit out of him enough that he unlocks his chi and he becomes the one. Yeah. Which was just funny. <laughs> Who would have? Because it was very like. On the nose of who would have thought that you could have your chi unlocked by having a beating like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they they basically tell don't they tell him to like kill the two? Yeah. And he can't do it because obviously they're vulnerable and have already been. It's yeah. not like a fair fight at that point. So he rescues yeah. them instead. So he's he's good instead, and then he's obviously <laughs> out of the axe no. gang and onto the other side. He doesn't rescue them. He gets bit, nearly beaten to death. Oh, no, he just they, sort of yeah. distracts. He just distracts the bad dude for long enough. And then they, they get out and him. take him with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they go back to back Pig to Pig's Alley. Alley, and then and they... all of the and rest of the axe gang. Him. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing that's mentioned a few times in the film is that he, like his friend mentions, that he does heal super fast and he's never really thought about it. Mm. Like he takes yeah. a lot of. It's sort of implied that this guy takes a lot of beings. Like yeah. they sort of fuck <laughs> up on their their journey to become gangsters is definitely like dashed with like mm. attempts that have gone yeah. pretty horribly wrong. Oh yeah, because when he's like lying there covered in blood and they're like, oh, what what do you want? And he draws a picture of the lollipop. Like yeah. in his own blood, it's really sweet. And then the landlord's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> like, yeah, right, right in Chinese characters. I don't understand what you're saying. Oh, uh, I'm realizing how much this film like made my like, sense of humor. Because, yeah. uh, man, every bit of this film is hilarious. I'm gonna watch it again tonight. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then yeah, he, he, the he heals and he, he fights the entire axe gang, and then he's By fighting... crushing their feet. Which yeah, he stamps on their feet. Uh, so and then the beast comes back, and he like can turn into a frog. He like expands his throat and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's really pretty gross, isn't it? it? It's so cursed. Mm. I forgot how cursed looking at that face is. Yeah, there's a lot of weird body morphing special effects going on in this. Yeah. But yeah, the, the good guy, mm. uh, Stephen Chow Cho, is the actor playing that guy. He also wrote and directed it. Oh, right. <laughs> um, flies up into the air and then comes back down. He's getting, well, he's getting no, beaten he up. He gets up punched into the air. Oh, yeah, he gets punched into the air. And then uh, he flies back around and he uses the Buddhist palm. 
Again, it's fucking hilarious when he's coming back down because he's got his hands together in prayer, and then there's like fire around his fingers. Yeah. Oh, and you, but you do see Buddha in the clouds. Yep. yep. Um, and he flies down and just leaves the biggest handprint and, and crushes him, which would make a great swimming pool. Uh, so on the on the way down, um, just a little peek behind the curtain for for my watching experience, which I have a feeling is unique to my shit TV. Mm-hmm. It turns out there is actually a uh, lower limit on how little you should spend on a supposedly smart TV. <laughs> and it's probably 20 quid more than what we spent on ours. Um, it suddenly juddered and it was like just repeating this bit just before like the palm lands. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. And it went like, and it made that noise, you know, like computer crash noise. And I thought, oh, okay, so they're making like a computer reference. Um, it's like, yo, he's crashed and he's literally crashed as well. I was like, oh, okay. But then it didn't stop. And then I was like, oh, and then my TV just turned itself off. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. The British palm is that powerful. Yeah, the British palm is that powerful that it is. <laughs> 15 years later, it can take out a TV. <laughs> yeah, because he does it on the floor. And then when he's like, uh, the beast is like, saying that um, he should use it on him, but instead he does it just next to the beast's head and he takes out half of the building and there's just like a yeah. giant handprint missing out of it. People yeah, no, it's, it's like that like gladiator yeah. <laughs> wall thing, but with a, um, mm. with a handprint. It's great. Like, yeah, poor old pigsty alley. Poor old pigsty. Poor that landlady's going to be like, who's paying for that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, I love this film so much and yeah. I'm glad yeah. that you liked it because I don't think I could have taken... Yeah. People not liking this. It's very likable. It's so upbeat, mm. and like the obviously there, there are bits where it's like, oh, it's going wrong, but it never really goes wrong for that long. And it's no, there's no. so much comedy in it that even when it's going wrong, it's going wrong in such a funny way. Like, yeah, it's there's just... few films where you watch your protagonist get beaten to an absolute pulp, <laughs> and you're like, oh man, that was brilliant. Did you see how much his head got smushed yeah. into the ground? Like, it's it's just a constant escalate escalation of like ridiculous martial arts and stuff. And it was yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah, I really didn't know where they were going to draw the line, and yeah. I really didn't expect it to be flying through the sky and making a giant palm and yeah. like it, it really like surpassed my expectations oh, um, so good. the so characters yeah. are also all great like yeah. even yeah. the like little side characters that we haven't talked about like the people in pigsty alley yeah there's the the yeah. guy who at the beginning is like taking a shower and he's like halfway through and the water turns off and he starts complaining <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I was halfway through a shampoo, and she's like, I don't care. Water <laughs> rations for all of you. Uh, she's great, but yeah, that like the and the genuinely the landlady and the landlord are the best characters. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like to start with, I was like, oh, these are awful characters, and then yeah, as yeah, it, yeah, as it you're goes definitely on, supposed to hate yeah. them. Like he's really sleazy, she's really mean. Yeah, they fight each other like cats and dogs. Which their fights must be brutal yeah. <laughs> well yeah it makes sense now doesn't it that he's like you know she can really hurl a punch at him and i was like a part of me was like oh okay this is domestic violence if it was a man beating her up like it would be totally the, it, the tone would be awful but then it it won me over by the end i was like no they're both martial artists beating the crap out of each other because they they can and like she pushes him out of a building and a flat flower pot like lands on his head <laughs> yeah and like his face is like smashed in the ground that, that's the best the, part of that and also when there's that big scene afterwards where obviously there's the big axe gang related fight and he just stays there he like looks around and then <laughs> just puts his moves and he moves like the poo and like the dirt no, around like, him yeah, as well to, like, the dirt in, like, no, literally bury his head in the sand it was great uh, and man, then i love this film at the end the main character is like reunited with the girl as well and his friends working in like a sweet shop doesn't beat the best scene which is right at the end where the homeless guy it approaches another child yeah and he's like oh you really seem like snotty child yeah well. 
He's like, you seem like the one. You 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 have the makings of a great martial arts master. How about I sell you this book for ten dollars? And the kid's <laughs> like, nah. So he pulls out like a load of yeah, other books. <laughs> means like, is there just a load of martial arts masters out there? I think uh, that obviously the reason he sets up a sweet shop is to like show how much it means to him as well, like the mute girl's gesture. Yeah, it's oh man, I love this book because it is, it's it's not like it's funny, and like the martial arts are good, but the rest of the story is a bit shit. Like the setup of the cut, the him and the sweet shop girl is solid. Like and it genuinely a bit emotional. Yeah, and Completely. like the over the topness of the axe gang is just brilliant. Like the opening scene oh, yeah. is so funny. Yeah. And like the not not so much the opening scene of like the the police guy he's getting beaten up, but like afterwards, like that scene where they're having that huge fight on the street. Oh yeah, and he like cuts and the guy then they're like, right, police, stuff. you can come and clean this up. Mm. Yeah. And he like shoots that woman, the, <laughs> the, the other gang leaders. Um, he's like, oh, I don't. Shoot. She's like, please let me like spare me. And he's like, yeah, I don't shoot women. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough, whatever. Anyway, she gets like three paces, and he shoots him in the back. Yep, and she travels like a like three meters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it's really genuinely well written as a film. Like you yeah. understand who all the, like, the the plot are. isn't trying to do loads and loads of things. Like no. it's not it's not complicated. But there's there's two there's sort of two plots and they go yeah. together quite well. And it's not trying to do anything else. It's also more than just set up for the next bit of comedy or the next yeah. fight scene. Like they, it actually makes sense. Uh, which a lot of these kinds of films where like the story the only bit that doesn't make sense is like yeah why are they trying why do they go to pigsty alley to try and pretend to be in the axe gang but i guess you'd think that's a fairly tame place to try out your latest kong uh, yeah like (laughs) there are going to be what five martial arts masters hanging out there for some reason a lot of these kinds of film like the comedy stuff which is why i don't think this is a spoof Mm. because it does it all really well it isn't like the writing isn't there to be to get to the next joke yeah like the jokes yeah. oh yeah no I, if it, it, I, i'd say it is a it's a it's a it's a spoof of martial arts films in that it's it doesn't take martial arts seriously but it does do them really really well which i think is yeah. the way you do it isn't it because otherwise it would just be not very good to watch it's yeah. like the the parody films that are really low budget and are just kind of painful to watch and might have one good joke the entire 90 minutes yeah. Whereas this one is solid and the martial arts is solid. So it's like, well, actually, I'm okay with these people taking the piss out of martial arts and doing it over the top and kind of poking fun because they're poking fun at themselves and their yeah. own industry. Uh, yeah, they all know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And that makes it that makes it so much funnier because like they're not just doing it funnily, they're doing it really, really well. So like all the wire work, all the like crazy fight scenes, even like the animation and like the the explosions and the the like wind going th- rushing through after like the aftermath of the fights and that sort of thing is so well done that it's yeah i say it's still you know it is it is kind of a parody of that style oh, but it's, done so, it's well. done so well that it doesn't let any of the the fact that it's a comedy detract from the quality it doesn't like yeah. try and Which yeah is isn't, yeah the best way to do it the only Absolutely. way to do it oh yeah it's, so there are too many films that try i i, I just want like I think this is a testament to how flexible this type of like martial arts, over the top martial arts film can be. Yeah. And I, I really wish because there was a, a huge surge of it. I talked about this before. There was a huge like surge of it in the two thousands. Like early two thousands, there were so many films that came out that were sort of from Hong Kong, from like the Hong Kong film scene in the West, which were like Bouchard and big dramatic fight scenes and and then they, they kind of vanished to get for a bit i really wish they'd make a comeback because i think they are such good films to watch a lot of them are very slow paced because chinese hong kong films are 
tend to be very slow. Yeah. When you watch I must them. admit, I did try and watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a kid and found it really, really boring. Yeah, they're very, like, detailed and historically accurate sort of thing. I yeah. guess it's the same as, like, if you watch, like, Pride and Prejudice, it's very slow. How dare you? Well, it is. I assume you're talking slow. about the six-part miniseries by the <laughs> BBC yeah. that is six hours long and yeah. amazing. But you watch a lot of, like, a lot of Western historical films like that. Oh, yeah. Especially from England, a lot of them are like, they're so slow and not much happens and it's a lot of just talking back and forth. Wuxia films are kind of like that, but every now and then they do like big wire work martial arts. So what you're saying is we need a series called Pride and Prejudice and Wuxia. Yes, a thousand percent I'd like Colin Firth doing slow motion fucking back, like spin kicks. Yeah, like, over a lake yeah. for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, like, I, f- I feel like that would be like, I feel like if they came back, they'd do well. Yeah. Because we, we don't have that kind of action film at the moment. All the action films are very, like, American and gritty and yeah. kind of depressing. Yeah, there's not really much martial arts. I mean, because they had, uh, what, Iron Fist? I yeah. that was shit. Like, the, yeah, there's so a bad. good amount of martial arts stuff in Shang-Chi. Oh, like, like yeah. that, that was, that that was pretty sense. good for that sort of thing. Mm. But I'd love, like, a good non-Western style action movie that has this kind of like fantastical martial arts in it yeah yeah i think it'd be a nice break for a bit i mean there probably are lots that are coming out in um in asia that just aren't making it over the yeah over the continent because we're just not being marketed at it's not being marketed for us which sucks because it's very hard to find out about stuff you don't know exists yeah exactly especially if it's not in your language yeah yeah like finding like a a subtitled or a dubbed version of those kinds of films is difficult in itself. I, I yeah, especially I... if it's only like streaming on certain streaming services that you might not even exist in our country. Yeah, especially in places like China. Yeah, um, and, and Hong Kong. I was trying I... to think of a dumb streaming name for uh, kung fu movies, and the closest I got was Net Kicks. And net, it, net kicks. Net, net kicks. Right. <laughs> um... no, that's for football films. That's yeah. solely for football films. Uh, which... There's a solid joke in this I didn't get when I was younger, but I get it now because I know what the director makes. There's a scene in this in in Comfy Hustle where the first like introduction to the main character going to Pigsty Alley when the kids are kicking a football around and they kick uh-huh. it to him and he squashes it and then he says, uh, "Sorry, no more soccer." He the director's last big film was before this was called Shaolin Soccer. Oh right, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was. A it really felt like that. a reference to something. Yeah, yeah. Which Shaolin Soccer is another film like this. It's about uh, a load of Shaolin monks forming a football team. <laughs> sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> like a Wuxia football team. Oh, uh, so oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I might have to. I might yeah. have to get that one actually. Yeah, that one. Uh, I recommend it. It's great. <laughs> the uh, uh, Stephen Cho, every film he makes is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Like this was um, this was a film that my my partner really enjoyed as well. He was because that's another rating that I do obviously hold yep. quite dear. Is will my partner watch it with me? Yeah. And yeah, this film he was more than happy to. He was quite excited. He he had nostalgia because I'd obviously never seen it, but he had a lot of nostalgia for it. And he was laughing along, and he had, yeah, we had a great time. Great. It's a great. I, I think it's a really good movie to watch with people as well because it is so funny, and it's it's really nice to have people there so you can laugh out loud and it not be weird. Yeah, well, that was great. That was also great. Yeah. One thing I do want to do in the future on this podcast, I want to get you guys to watch more like Wuxia films. I want to get you guys to watch like Hero, Hero and Fearless. Okay. I, yep, I've not seen them. I want, yeah. to introduce, I want to introduce you guys to them because I think it's such a good genre of film. Yeah, I mean, ones that, ones I've that you've watched, watched as, as I've watched you know, some, like, Chinese films <laughs> from doing Chinese GCSE. We did occasionally have to watch them, but 
he could never find ones with like the right subtitles and it would always go wrong and we'd only ever watch like you know half of the film so oh, yeah no they're long I, all i remember is that my um, mr chow my chinese teacher was he was a massive fan of early jackie chan and oh, um, he was a big Not very anti late jackie chan oh <laughs> That's fair. like he'd get it was quite fun. Like if we didn't really want to do any work that day, we would just sort of talk about like get him to talk about it and he would go off on one. Uh, and it was great because we knew we had about sort of 20 minutes to fuck about before we'd remember we were supposed to be teaching in Chinese. <laughs> that was the best kind of teaching. So out of 10, I, I'd say I'd give this a seven, seven out of 10 um, knife deflections. Um, I was going to go with the obvious. I was going to give it, yeah, seven big ass palms. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, I, like I, not surprising, it is a 10. It's a 10 out of 10 yeah. film for me. Uh, and I'm going to go with 10 cigarettes entirely inhaled at once <laughs> out of 10. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure it's like one that I'm desperate to rewatch. Like it was it was fun and I, I, I had a good time. And it's kind of like in a few years time, I might watch it again. But it's not one that's got like immediate rewatch appeal for me. I'm, I'm literally going to. I watched it today. I'm literally going to watch it again after we stop. This is like, this Fair is enough. like the Black Cauldron for Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah everyone's the, got like, that this film. film. Is, everyone, everyone has that film. At least good. yours is good. <laughs> <laughs> In this film, there's very little you can actually complain about. It. Yeah, they've not cut half it out. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's be nice. We've done that already. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, I, I've already had this. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We'll, I mean, we'll leave like, you there, in there Henwin Alley. There's like the... <laughs> um, there's like a reoccurring fairy joke, which I think is a gay slur, and that was the only thing that was like, oof. Yeah. Oh, there's also a sick pinball reference. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, like... when they're like... He's like kicking people and it's just yeah, making the pinball, making pinball noises, noises, which yeah. obviously I can immediately hear. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't tell if that's diegetic or not. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. I, think it's no, I, I did. I did really. I really enjoyed it. The highlight, I think, uh, just because it took me by surprise so much, because I, I just so wasn't expecting it. Was just the the boss, that minor boss, like foaming and convulsing in that bucket. <laughs> Uh, just yeah. absolutely killed me because yeah. I just wasn't expecting it to be so like oh shit no they actually <laughs> broke his back like this guy's dead like he's in trouble yeah 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 I, for me yeah. it's the knife scene easily like oh, that yeah. kind of humor just always gets me yeah I think for me it's it's her catching the axe yeah mid <laughs> mid uh, mid yelling at someone catches an axe and continues to yell at them <laughs> or um, afterwards in the ta- in the in the car when they get in the car and they're all in the car with them yeah because yeah. they just sort of teleport into the car don't they? yeah yeah they use their nice mouth though yeah and then he accidentally sets his hair on fire <laughs> she's just so... There's so much ridiculous shit in this movie that <laughs> she's so threatening as yeah a that will oh she's so scary she, and she I does think... so much of the film with her hair and curlers as well yeah. <laughs> In like Roll, a night in hair rollers in a yeah. like ninety, looking yeah, looking like a proper grumpy uh, middle-aged woman. And then they were they were like matching outfits to the casino. Oh, I could go on about yeah, this. Film. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the outfits <laughs> and the the stage and the the setting. Oh, it was all great. Oh, it's, it's so there's good. so much. There's so much broken plywood and foam everywhere. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's just great. I love this film so much. I'm gonna <laughs> rewatch it. And it's uh, so, so violent, it killed my television. Yeah. <laughs> it did. did. Well, with that, I have been Dan. Uh, I have been Michael. And I've been the chosen one. <laughs> I, <laughs> thought, I thought I'd have to end it, otherwise this would have just been a slow fade out of us yeah. talking yeah. about the movie. Um, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at HiltonPod. That's at H-I-L-T-M-Pod. 
Uh, we're on Discord as well. Let us know what you thought about Kung Fu Hustle. Let us know. Let us know which um, animal your special power would be based around, like in this. Yeah, imagine if the Power Rangers was like this. Well, wasn't one of them a toad? Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't one of them a oh. toad in Power Rangers and he, he was cut up about it? That was Origi- a thing. Original Power Rangers, but full Wuxia would be incredible. It were giant robots floating through the sky. <laughs> but go and watch this film. It is so good. It's so good. I went to China for three weeks. I spent some of it in quarantine, which was good <laughs> practice. Uh, the swine flu. Remember that, guys? Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. 